connectors of taste, sommeliers are more than experts at pairing great wine and food. Hear from the wine, beer, and spirit storytellers we entrust to guide us towards the discovery of things we never even knew we loved on the Sommelier Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Sommelier Podcast. Today I'm joined by Gian Maria Rizzo, sales manager at More Than Grapes. Gian Maria, thank you for being here, brother. Thank you for inviting me, Tony. Thank now, you very much. No, of course. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and our conversation. Uh, I think we have a lot in common. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been nothing but a treat. And you know, just to get started, so we know exactly what it is. But tell me about More Than Grapes. Exactly what you guys do. Well, I work for this company. It's a it's an importer of Italian wines, so that's what we do for a living. So we basically bring wines from overseas, from Italy directly here in the Midwest. And now, are the majority of your clients restaurants? Um, you know, who who are you working with uh, specifically in the industry? Uh, predominantly, it's uh, yeah, restaurant basically, and we also do off premise. That is also retails yeah. and, uh, and supermarkets. But what we are very strong is. More like boutique wines for restaurants and for um, on premise. Right, right, right. Um, and you're originally from Italy, and uh, how can get, you tell? But, that? <laughs> well, you know, I was gonna joke. I said you're originally from Japan, right, with a name like that, Maria Rizzo. But, <laughs> but no, very, yeah, very, oh, very uh, Italian. I have to point out one thing. First, sorry for my accent, but sometimes my English That's is like not the great. Best thing, you know. Uh, second. I'm not related to Anthony Rizzo, Rizzo as you say. Right, right, I'm right. definitely not related to the Cubs guy. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, now former, now he's a New York Yankees guy. But at least that's where I last saw him. But yeah, no, um, very, very Italian. And there is a big distinction between the American Italian and uh, Italian Italian, right? And for you, that's how you ended up in this country was, uh, you know, wine distribution, right? Yeah, yeah, that was my opportunity to come here in America. Actually, so I got this job offer that I immediately took because yeah. it was, it sounded to me a great adventure and it's it's been a great adventure so far. So I'm super happy to be here. And we met because uh, you, you're part of um, the, is it Italian American Chamber of Commerce or? Uh, we um, collaborate with right. them. And, yes. and so, but you had an event, Vanitaly, uh, and you were amazing on this uh, video that we put together. And um, But tell me a little bit about just, I guess, the, the relationship you have to wine and how you got into this business to begin with and why why wine? Oh, that's a great question, my friend. Um, well, you know, I was born in Italy, and in Italy, it's very difficult not to be involved in the in the wine in general. Okay, not that we all drink like crazy, but the point is, I grew up in places where I had vines everywhere around me. Okay, yeah, yeah. so and I still remember. I don't know if I can talk stories. Oh, please, yeah, okay. I mean, that's what we're here for. <laughs> I still remember when I was 15 and I needed some money to get my first moped. Right, yeah, moped yeah. is very popular in Italy. And I needed money, so I started working for wineries. I was doing like, I don't know, from harvesting to taking the the leaves out of the, of the vine so they didn't shade the, the the grapes and stuff like that. So I was into that since uh, since really young age, as a lot of people. And so, but being into it and and kind of seeing it as a way of life was it just part of the culture then that um you know other other, do you kind of have to pick and choose or if you fall into something like maybe i mean italians are very well known for fashion and you know fast fast cars and um good food so it seems like you had a lot of options that you could really find a passion in what was it about the wine and wine industry that drew you to it well to be honest with you um i was i would say not by accident, but but almost. Okay, so I started working in the wine business for real. Let's say, 
well, that was much more real than here than now. But but <laughs> you know, harvesting grapes is much more real than anything than everything else. But um, how I started was basically because of this job offer. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be, before I was working in the food business, and um, I wanted to change. And I thought this one was a great great opportunity to it, and I could add. Also, the um, you know the fact that I'm Italian, the fact that right, right. I already know a little bit more about it instead of only studying for it because I saw things with my my own eyes. So that's why probably I said, well, this could be really a great um, match with a with a with a let's say congregate. I don't know if it's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a passion that of course we have together with work. That was that was really. Now, have you seen um, Italian wines uh, be received differently over the last, what, 10 years or so that you've been doing this? Uh, if you, you're talking about America, right? right so, right. In yes. America, yes. Like, has the perception changed? Because I know that, I mean, it's always been California wines and French wines that um, have gotten, I think, the most attention, right? Um, but Italian wines are, are up there. But for you, what, would, what has been at least your perception of seeing how things have evolved since you first got into the industry in t- for Italian wine specifically to now? Oh yeah, that was a, in, you're in America, so everything is evolving so fast uh, with media and stuff too, but also the taste and the palate of people and the culture about it evolved so much. So at the beginning, I came here in 2015, um, and there was, of course, the, the the idea of the wine to be only a few varietal, like the Chianti, the Pinot Grigio, the, the Prosecco. Oh, Prosecco was not even that big, actually. Really? Oh, yeah, it was not that big. So Champagne it, was that kind of thing? It was Champagne, and it was, as you said, Napa Cab and other strong stuff. Yeah. Not really. Italians were known for a few wines, okay? Um, and we started noticing, year over year, more and more interest, also in the young crowd, about different type of varietal. You know, we have thousands of varietal in Italy, so that are not known. Um, and also that scares a little bit because the pronunciation is kind of hard. Uh, but I saw a lot of people, more and more people uh, getting involved, especially again, the, the young people, ge- young generations, in stuff that are a little bit more, uh, let's say fresh, okay? Different names, different varietals, different taste profile, not always the same Chianti, Super Tuscan, Pinot Grigio stuff. So much more, much more uh, variety on the, on the, also on picking the wines that, that they wanted. Different occasions, not only with family, not only on a, on a dining, on a fine dining moment, but also with friends, also on a party, also on the, um, on the beach, so stuff like that. So I've really seen a big growth. And what do you think that the, the, the big reason for that? I mean, I know that we're just talking about how social media has not been your thing, and you're now getting into it because just out of necessity, right? But do you kind think of. that had a lot, <laughs> kind of, um, th- that had a lot to do with it? Was the way that social media started to evolve, um, and, and yeah, do you, or, or do you know specifically why um, Italian wines took off the way they did? Oh, if I knew that for sure, uh, I would probably not be here. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I know that of course social media helped a lot, uh, of course, and I think that it. There were much more also companies that invested in wine with a little bit more of capability to invest from Italy and from America, so that they decided that something was was, was going to be worth to uh, to invest on. So different varietal and stuff, but also the taste is very important. So before wine was seen like okay, this is more like oh, if you want to have an Italian wine, it's a little bit more for older 
crowd, okay, older people. It was perceived uh, that way? Uh, it was kind of perceived that way. Interesting. Not only, but yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now it's becoming also a little bit more fancy, okay, and more like, oh, it can be also, also approachable. It can be, oh, look at that, there is a pednat, so a wine with some different kind of fermentation, so with some sparkling, some bubbles inside. And, you know, we're in America, Coca-Cola, so you love <laughs> bubbles. I love bubbles, too, by the way. Um, so this helped a lot. So this is what, how, let's say, made things change and evolve in a much more um, broader, broader way. And it's, I mean, I guess it um, has a lot to do with social media and, and kind of touching on that with, with you. How have you had to adapt that? Because you kind of have an old school mentality when it comes to the way you approach relationships and building relationships. But yeah, tell me a little bit about that because I think it's uh, it's interesting the place that you're in of, of recognizing it and now seeing, you know, that it's not, it's not anything new, but that for you uh, incorporating this is really important now. Uh, oh yeah, uh, let's say we are in a B two B business. Okay, so social media are very powerful. But it's a little bit different. So in order to go to you know to end user, you have to have you have to be able to you know there are a lot of laws about alcohol and uh, there are some it's called a three tier system so that you cannot sell directly to final user if you're an importer. Mm. Um, so the way you have to communicate it's more to other businesses mm. and the social media are much more different there. Okay, and so the crowd is not as big as it can be if you go to the final user. So you really have to pick up the right channels. Um, and the right publicity, let's say. Uh, but it definitely changed it because every time you see a post of something and, and you are, un, let's say, influent enough, okay, that you have a lot of content and stuff, so you see people are getting interested into it. They, they love the news. They love the new stuff. They love to see um, stuff made by different people, not always the same old-style winery that do stuff that way. But the only way to do it also, the fact that you do it through social media justify the fact that it's it's not an old style stuff. So it's something that is much more uh, new, and it's much more, let's say, innovative, in, innovative, innovative, yeah, in, innovative. You know, yeah, yeah. And you know, and I guess with that too is how does that play out when it comes to education? Then how how are cause I'm sure education has got to be the biggest thing when it comes to wine. You're always learning, right? It's it's, yeah. just, it's a constant thing, part of the theme, right? That uh, we'll get to. But for for you, how do you how do you teach? How, how do you get people excited about the wines and, and, and pass that on being a distributor, right, where you it's more business to business that, yeah, tell me about that, just about the wine education piece. Um, that's, a, that's a great part of my job. Um, and basically, I mean, you have to be transparent with your passion. Uh, if you don't pass that, it's very hard that you, because in the end, there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of wines, right? And different brands, different wineries, and different varietals again. But how you're passionate about it and how you're able to communicate change a lot of perception on, on the people. I mean, okay, you can, because you can sell, let's say you can transmit something that's like, oh, a little bit more older, a little bit more younger, or it's for everybody, that's more inclusive, let's say. So it's a it's really the way you put your passion into work and the way you're able to transmit 
Plus, I gotta tell you, my accent sometimes helps. Yeah, <laughs> it gives some authenticity, right? <laughs> because the, I'm an Italian selling Italian wines. It's yeah. kind of perfect fit. <laughs> no, absolutely, it makes perfect sense, you know. And so, with that, when when you do get approached, because I'm sure you do, you're, you're, you're in the wine guy, um, and, and and there's a lot of um, you know novices or, or you know people who are new to wine. That what, what advice do you give when it comes to the way you approach wine and finding the right wine for you and um, yeah, just what you like. Mm. I've always worked on this, that part because I think that the, being empathic is one, the most important part. Yeah. So depending on who you are in front is in front of you, you have to be able to create anyway a connection, okay? Because first they have to trust you and then they'll, they will trust you in what you say about wines and stuff. So you don't want to scare anybody, okay? Because there are a lot of things in wines that can be scary, you know, when you start for your... Uh, for your courses, you have to know a lot about the uh, geology, the geography, and I, I wasn't that good at school on that. <laughs> um, I had to make it up. Um, then uh, what else? The, 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 the flavors profile and a lot of these things that can be honestly overwhelming, uh, especially for somebody who is new into it. And we are working a lot on make them understand you don't have to be perfect on that part. And basically, it's very subjective. Not everybody can taste blackberry out of one red. Not everybody can taste uh, whatever green fruit out of that. So it's it's really be um, again trust that that I'm talking to you and trust what I'm telling you that you don't have to be a sommelier. You don't have to. Uh, you just have to find your way to appreciate it. And uh, there are different ways to appreciate something, right? So mm-hmm. it can be the taste only. It can be how the bottle looks. It can be Oh, a story that you tell about about who I, I don't know. For example, in Italy, this winery is is in the in the volcano. You know, mm. uh, the, the 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 cellar is in a cave made out of uh, volcanic soil. So all those kind of stuff that can get into it. Not only oh, but if I don't know how to recognize a fruit inside this wine, I'm not going to be able to talk to anybody, right? So if you create a story, you involve the people, and you basically do. What social media, social media are also doing, right? So that's that's the way. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, and um, I, I guess what the what the question I have from that point is then, you know, how how do you see yourself in the wine industry? Because you, I mean, one, you're this expert, right? And uh, the, the, the question I'm leading to is also how do you get to that point where you're selecting wines, and how do you understand people's palates? Like, what are you buying for, right? Um, what's your, I guess. I see you as being this middleman in a sense, right? But then what, what, what does that look like in terms of how you purchase or bring certain wines and how do you make those selections and yeah, just how do you see yourself in that? Well, there are all things you have to consider once you purchase wines, absolutely. Uh, definitely what you have to look at first, it's what, what the customer wants. Um, when, you, when you select the wines, when you select the wineries, there are so many small, also tiny things that you have to take care about and, and you have to, to notice. Uh, it's not only the price and it's not only the quantity. Uh, basically, you have to try to mix those two things and to figure out, okay, is this going to work for my clientele? Is this going to be something that a customer that goes out at night and want to have a nice dinner with family would pick? Uh, is this something that they can uh, enjoy? Can they create a story out of it? Or you want to relate it to memory and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it seems crazy, but this all goes till the, the, you know, the starting of the, of the chain. So you have to consider a lot of things, not only, of course, 
the normal stuff that are like, okay, yeah, what is the price here? Okay, give me a little better price. Okay, that's better. Or, okay, I can sell more. I can sell volume. I can sell this. Or, oh, wait a second, but give me a better idea of uh, um, if I buy one, so what if, if I buy two instead of one? That, that's that's the commercial part, right? So I don't going to get into details on that. <laughs> right, right. Because there are much better persons probably than me uh, that can talk about this part. But uh, really, the main points are looking at with the eyes of the final customers so that's i think can resume a little bit better in in this 20 minutes that we have no, no, otherwise no, yeah. we have to talk for a couple for of days <laughs> well i mean it's a process right i mean even for you is even i'm thinking of it is the infinite number of labels and just um you know vintages vineyards that, that you're having to uh, understand and know and, and anticipate you know what people are going to like and and that's what I mean is, is that you're you're really this this middle person right of of bringing these wines to America that we all kind of are just trusting you because you're not going to always get access to the same uh, bottles right so oh not at all not at all absolutely and that's I always what I love people, to think about that part because wine is a vivid thing I mean it's a, a live thing right? right it's not a something that you put in a on a car and you just you know, um, and you just put the engine there, so the engine is the engine. So you have to create it. This is, you know, some some seasons are not as great as other seasons. So there is oh, there was less rain, so the wine is gonna be less ripe, and this and so there are so many factors, mm-hmm. and this is also the beauty of it. So you can buy the same brand, uh, just a different vintage, for example, of a wine, and it could taste completely dramatically different. And this is, I think, the beauty of it, discovering every time that every bottle you open, it can give you a different experience from the previous one. Absolutely. And, and talk to me, too, about just how uh, More Than Grapes is doing or creating a community in terms of wine that I see evolving in Chicago, where, you know, Chicago was never, I, I never saw it being really a wine-type city, but I see it moving in that direction, where people are really starting to, to really appreciate it and gravitate towards it. What, where do you see that evolving or how, what efforts are, are you guys making to really cultivate more of a wine community here in, uh, in Chicago? Uh, well, of course. I know course. You, you manage many territories in many states, too. Uh, yes, yeah, we're yeah, president, yeah, yeah. yes. We are in 17 states right now, so, but we work a lot. In, in the Midwest, especially, yep. so we use distributors to, to you know, to I pr- we provide them wines so they can sell it to their customers. So basically, I have a very big spectrum of people uh, that I can talk with, and uh, and a lot of feedback from from also other states. Uh, and believe me, Midwest is not all the same. Um, you will be surprised to see how how many small and big differences are from, I don't know, Michigan to Ohio or from Michigan to Illinois. Uh, they, they like different, they have different profile, uh, taste profiles, so they like different wines, different stuff. So it's, it's, a, it's really a big word. It's really a big word. But coming back to what you were asking, um, of course, we create events. And what we really try to do, again, being a B2B, it's creating a nice relationship with um, the, the, the restaurateur okay, and the retails but mainly restaurateur, because we think that that part, it's really what we, uh, what we can implement and what we can, we can give also something more personal and a personal touch. Um, creating events inside the restaurants, creating the event in, in, in hotels, creating um, a lot of moments in which a community can, can come up together and, uh, and discuss about things, uh, maybe more in a serious way, but also for fun, okay. So doing a wine dinner, doing a, uh, doing a wine tasting, okay. Inviting people that are not 
experts, okay, but trying to make them feel, as we were saying before, trying to make them feel a little bit more accepted about that and not being like, oh, again, I'm not a somebody I can talk about this. Right. No, that's totally not true. Yeah, and, and from again, from what I've seen is that it's been more embraced and now, I mean, even our events, that just seems to be the number one consumed beverage is, is always wine, you know, and that's the one thing people always ask about is wine. Do you have some wine? So it's, it's really, it's a, you know, and that's obviously we have a Sommelier podcast. It was that important where, you know, we still want to have other uh, spirits and beer and all of that. But, you know, wine wine has, uh, has always had a special place in, in, in our history, right? Um, so, yeah, so for that, what is for you personally, because I know that, uh, I know I wanted to bring this up somehow, but I guess there's no re- easy transition into it. But I think it's so cool that your involvement with volleyball um, and just uh, the stories you were telling me about, you know, playing back in Italy. But you're still doing that here in Chicago, too, right? Well, uh, let's say that I'm trying to. Yeah? <laughs> I'm a former player. I mean, it's still, that's, a, that's a big deal. I mean, you're playing what you think, an Olympic style, you know, out of, or at the Olympics, right? Uh, in Korea, South Korea, um, you know, you, you're... That's that's a big deal, man. That's a, that's a huge deal. I mean, I know volleyball is not something not like the NBA or NFL, but yeah, like yeah, I told you, I mean, I was definitely not the best player, but absolutely, I had the luck. Actually, it was a lucky thing that one of the it's called university, so they picked up some students from university and they uh, brought those people to play for the national team. That was an awesome experience, absolutely. But yeah, I was definitely not the best. Uh, but I who mean, cares? I enjoyed I mean, it so when much. When you get to that level, who cares? <laughs> and then just, you know, tell me a little bit about that, just how that kind of uh, shaped who you were. Because you were very proud of that the minute that, you know, we started talking. That was the first thing you really brought up. Well, it's a, it's part of my life, right? Yeah, so, yeah. and uh, whatever whatever you do it's it's defining you also a little bit uh, i'm a definitely i was i love sports in general okay and i think that uh, those are passions and we were talking about passions that's why i brought this up because yeah, yeah. i have a wine passion and i have a sport passion so um it's nice to be i think sports can can really teach you how to live sometimes and how to communicate and be able to 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 be in a group and um, and express yourself and also be a little bit competitive that never that never hurts actually um i was pretty competitive and i always loved it <laughs> well it um, seems like sales is very fitting for that too that mindset that, that approach that you know that competitiveness as you're saying yes absolutely 100 yeah. percent. so i really think that that probably helped me out a lot at the beginning uh being able to you know to take things in up front let's say so uh and, and not, you know, not not being too much afraid. Of course, I was afraid a lot of times, but always trying to fight that into into a little bit more of adrenaline and competition. Well, it comes through in our conversation. So I think uh, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And I want to thank you for coming in, for sharing your story, and just being a part of this community. It's been great meeting you. Tony, it was really a pleasure to be here. And I hope I can, you know what, I can come back and help you out in other ways because you have an awesome place here. You're doing a great stuff. <laughs>